as I was reflecting on this passage, I, I told Seth, I said, you know, I, 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 I try not to get myself in trouble <laughs> when it comes to my sermon series. And so I, I figured today would be a great opportunity for me to kind of slow down for a moment. And, and instead of working my way through the passage, I want to have a, a fireside chat today. Just, uh, just, just to uh, prepare you for the next three sermons, okay? So um, you all are, are, are there, First Peter chapter 3. I'm chapter two. I'm sorry. First Peter chapter two. Let me pray. Lord, help me. Amen. Here we go. Here we go. Let's get it. All right. <laughs> All right. All right. Verse 13. Verse 13. I'm going to read two words. Therefore, submit. You close your Bible. <laughs> All right. I, I figured I had to stop at just at that word and because the ne- this section and the next two sections um, are on submission. And I figure, can you turn me down just a little bit, Brian? I figure I need to take an opportunity uh, to uh, just have a dialogue, just a, d- a discussion, a conversation with you, a five-side chat on what submission is and what it is not. What it is and what it is not. Because whenever we hear the word submission, um, we hear the same words, but we don't hear the same words. Okay, We all have a uh, an opinion, a thought of what submission is. Um, we sometimes uh, today move to the opposite extreme, okay, I mean, about it says what it says, okay, we can go to multiple passages in the Bible talks about submission, okay, um, and today we tend to go to an opposite extreme to say that, uh, that there is no such thing as submission today, we progress beyond that, okay. and I think that the problem is because we have not seen it done well, and because we live in a world full of sinners, and we don't often get to see good examples of submission. We judge submission itself, and uh, we, we, we misunderstand what God designed. All right, so I want to take a, a, a moment today just to do just that. I literally didn't even write a sermon. I literally, I, I'm, I'm just going to pull up. So I have my word studies here. So we just talk about the definitions of submission. And, and I'm going to give you all an opportunity to talk to me if you want. All right. So, so this, this, this is going to be, a, gonna be a, a, a dialogue, if you will, on submission. Now, let me ask you all, what is your, not your, but maybe yours, what is the main objection to um, the word submission? When people normally hear the, the, the word submission, what is the biggest problem? Okay, abuse of power. Okay, giving in. Being subservient, okay. Giving up something. Miss Mimi. Not being humble. Inequality. Weak. Okay. Being obedient. Okay, obedience. Pride. Anybody else? Go ahead, Ona. What you got to say? <laughs> okay. She just knew you had something to say. Okay. Eloise? You said weakness? Okay. Weakness? Yeah. What, what is general, gen- generally, what is the problem that people have with? The concept of submission. Okay, our definition doesn't match up with what the Bible says. Anybody else? Anybody else? Depends on what you have been submitting to, okay? Control. All right. Second question, 
what does submission mean? How would you define it? What does it mean, Derek? Okay, to willfully accept God's will over yours. Anybody else? Kelly? Nah, here we go. Uh, we Googling in the, in the middle. Go ahead. Where, where does Webster say, Kelly? Ready to conform to the authority of others. Meekly obedient or passive. See, that's the problem when we have poor definitions. You put bad ideas in people's minds. Anybody else? Oh, there we go, Una. What you got? Okay. Okay, protection. Okay. Anybody else? <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I wonder who her husband is. <laughs> I don't like that definition. So <laughs> uh, okay. Wait a minute, say it again. To put your needs over someone else's or under someone else's? Wait, now she switched. Which one is it? Okay. Hmm. I don't like that definition either. But okay. <laughs> Tanya. Okay. No, no, no. She didn't say willingly put yourself under someone. She said willingly put your needs, uh, your needs, under someone else. Is it? Put a put a asterisk there. We we'll come back to that. Because the question is, I, well, let me say I don't think that's true, and I will we'll get to that when I look at the at the passage I'm going to look at today. I don't think that submission is about putting uh, the person that is submitting. Because again. We'll look at this in a moment. People try to look at the passages, whether we're talking about Ephesians chapter 5 or 1 Peter chapter 2, and say that the Bible supports the idea of mutual submission, where, you know, what Paul says uh, in uh, Ephesians 5, 22, he says, um, wives submit to your husbands. Then he goes on two, three verses later, says, husbands love your wives the same way Christ loved the church. Um, they'll say that this is mutual submission, that the husband is responsible to submit to the wife and the wife is supposed to submit to the husband. I don't think that's true. That's not what, what, the, what the passage is teaching. But again, in the, in, the, in the passage, it is not the one who is submitting that is responsible to put their needs under the other person. I think it is the person in the position of leadership and authority who is supposed to put their needs under the needs of the person that is submitting to them, and so we'll look, we'll look, we'll see that in a, in a, in a minute. <laughs> Tina, compromise, compromise, compromise. Anybody who has ever uh, taken marriage counseling, premarital counseling, or any kind of couples counseling me with me, they understand the word compromise, right? Because that is the re reason why relationships fail. There's no such thing as compromise. And even when people say, yeah, I'm willing to compromise, compromise is I'm going to allow them to do what I want. <laughs> okay. All right, anybody else? How would you define submission before we... Anybody, anybody, anybody? If I give you the the definition of of submission in the Bible, Brian. Order. Okay, order. All right. Let me give you really quickly um, some of the words that that when you 
understand the Hebrew words and the Greek words for uh, submission, what comes up. Okay, so the Greek word, hupotasso, um, it means to cause to be in, in a submissive relationship. Okay, that doesn't really help us, right? You can't define a word by using a, the same word. <coughs> so that is from, uh, from BDAG, okay? Now, when you keep digging, 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 there's one word, one word that defines submission, okay? And, and we all know that this is the, the right word because we have no problem with it in Ephesians chapter 6. In Ephesians chapter 6, it literally is the same word, uh, and we have no problem with it. Ephesians chapter 6, it says, children... Hupatasso, your parents in the Lord. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Now, in English, we got a little slick. We like, yeah, that's not going to go over well if we say wives obey your husbands in the Lord. But that literally is what it says. Wives, submit hupatasso to your husbands in the Lord. And this got real quiet. You say you're glad he's not here? So <laughs> okay. Oh, this is this the week he should be here. Oh, man. I tell you. You got to call him and put him, yeah, put him on three-way. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. <laughs> this is being recorded. So. Now, again, it got real quiet. I just saw all of the color go out of 70% of the people in the room. Okay. <laughs> You're like, what? It means what? It is, it is a military wor um, word, right, for what soldiers also, because remember, Greek is a, is a, a picture language. It, it is a military word for what soldiers are supposed to do with their commanding officers. They are supposed to willingly place themselves under the leadership of someone else. Right, so here, Baker Encyclopedia of the Bible um, says this on it. It says, it is obedience or um, su submission is an act of or instance of submitting to the restraint or command of an authority, compliance with the demands or requests of someone or something over us. The, the general words, and this is just in general, it doesn't apply to husbands, wives, or anything, just in general, right, um, referring to our rela relationship with God. The general words for obedience in both Hebrew and Greek refer to hearing and hearkening to a superior authority. So hearing what the person says and doing what the person says. Another major Greek word includes the idea of submission to authority in the sense of arranging or ordering oneself under someone in a place of command. A third Greek word suggests um, obedience that is a result, a result more of persuasion then of submission. Did y'all catch that? The word suggests obedience that is a result more of persuasion than of submission. Now, what is different in the, def the Bible's definition of submission, say, than what Kelly read from Webster that gives you the word passive? What's the difference? Okay, because it's, it's something that you do willfully. Okay, anybody? <laughs> okay, anybody else? <laughs> okay, um, wait a minute. The word persuasion sticks out, okay? And wh why does the word persuasion stick out to you?
Okay. So if submission is willingly, you know, choosing to place yourself under the authority <laughs> of someone else, if it is willingly choosing to put yourself under the authority of someone else, right, there's one of two ways that that can be done. You can willingly do it because force is being applied, or you can willingly do it because the person that is in, is in the place of authority is very persuasive, right? Um, and, and so I, I think that what, we, uh, what I'm trying to get us to see is the Bible, when it comes to the idea of submission, there is no force involved, right? This is not a do what I say because I'm the man, right? That's not what submission is. That's not what God does, right? God doesn't make us do anything. He gives us his, you know, it's hard. I keep forgetting I don't have my Bible. Everything's on my computer now. Well, pretend it's my Bible, right? He gives us his word, right? And then he says it's your choice to follow it or not, to submit or obey, right? So it is, it's, it's not about force. It is about persuasion. And, right, that means it's different from being passive. It's like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not passive or weak, right? Is I'm choosing to place myself under something that I find to be loving. The question is, again, and, and if every single, every single person, couple who has ever come to me, the man always feels uh, leaves feeling bad, because again, this is on you, men. This is on you. If your wife is not willingly submitting to your leadership, you must be doing something wrong. <laughs> now, that doesn't, now let me say, we live in a fallen world. Now it is possible, it is possible for us to do everything the right and, you know, our wife still, wife still, you know, choose not to, okay? That is the culture that we live in. But listen, I think that the majority of the reason why we fail on this topic of submission is because we aren't doing it right. It's about persuasion, not force. If you have to start a conversation with, I'm the man, I'm the husband, You've it's like you've already lost the conversation. <laughs> like you just like you just hang it up, just wait for the next com argument. <laughs> right? You know, I if I had to come here and say to people, you need to do it, why why do I need to do this? Because I'm the pastor, that's why. Immediately, you will be immediately turned off by that. Right? You would be turned off. Because you would think I'm only pulling a power play because of my position. And then we go home and say, do it because I said so. Why do you say I'm the husband? Now, this don't work for children because I do that with my kids. They'll be like, why I got to do that, girl? <laughs> if you want your teeth to stay in your mouth, <laughs> you better do what I said because I'm your father. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but listen. Our wives are not children, right? God took Eve from Adam's rib because she was an equal partner to him. Didn't take it from his foot, didn't take it from his back, okay? She was designed to walk side by side as a co-heir. We'll see this as a co-heir of Christ. So our... Um, definition and understanding of submission has to change. It is, as, uh, as Una uh, so greatly said, it is a topic of submission. I remember this had to be maybe 2002, 2003 um, at, at my old church. I remember uh, uh, preaching on Ephesians chapter 5 and and the idea here of, of submission is when you talk about voluntarily placing yourself under someone else, right? When we talk about headship or covering, it is God has given 
um, men or husbands th this role of, of authority for a reason, right? Um, the reason is to protect everyone that is under his covering, right? So, um, so if someone is pow, 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 shooting, right, it, the men, it's like, I, it boggles my mind to see videos of, um, you know, like I, I saw this video of a, it was a, a couple, they were in the woods, and the woman designed like a prank to see what the man would do. And so they go out and it's like, uh, like an animal or like supposed to like a criminal, somebody jumps out uh, of the woods and to scare them. And it's like, you see the men just take off running. <laughs> I'd be like, that's the wrong one. <laughs> okay. He doesn't understand the idea of, of covering headship protection. Okay. Right. You want the one that's going to step in front of the bullet or step in front of the dog or the bear or whatever. Okay. The, the, those men have the right understanding of, 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 of headship and submission. Now, what I want us to see, I want you to turn to Ephesians chapter 5. Okay. Ephesians chapter 5. And I, I want us to see that submission is, it is a requirement, right? The Bible talks about it, right? We want our wives to submit, our children to, um, to submit. But let us look at what the passage says. And I think that if men had had the correct application of submission historically, right, throughout, throughout history, and, and did not um, in ways abuse submission or, or neglect their submission, um, that their role in helping their wives to submit, I should rather say. I think that this would be an easier topic to uh, to address, right? Um, again, the word does not change, right? We we don't evolve past what the word says just because sinners do sinful things. Okay, what we have to learn how to do is is figure out how to do it correctly so that we can show the world how beautiful submission is. And let me say this, right? Anyone who thinks that submission is bad, you have a real problem with Jesus. Jesus had no reason to submit to anyone. He is God. He is equally God with his father. And he chose to submit to his father. There was one time where, I where he was like, I don't know about this, right? I remember in the garden, he's praying. He's like, look, you know, this your last shot. You got any, <laughs> is there a way out? <laughs> okay. But he says, it's not my will. It's your will to be done, right? Now, Jesus did the same thing with his mother and his father. He didn't have any reason to submit to them. When Mary came to him, remember, he, went to, he was in the temple, and uh, Mary and them had left, and they left for like two, three days and then realized that he wasn't with them. Now, I don't know how you get go two, three days without seeing your kid, and then you'd be like, you know, I know I have a child somewhere. Where they at? I, ain't, I haven't seen them in a couple of days, <laughs> okay, right? They have to go all the way back to Jerusalem. Where's Jesus? In the temple, talking with the with the priests and rabbis. And Mary leans on him a little bit, and then Jesus had the nerve to say something that would have got all of our teeth knocked out with a backhand. He's like, why were you looking for me? Don't you know I would be in my father's house? Right? She didn't knock his teeth out, only because he was God. Okay? What does the next verse say in Luke chapter 2? It says, Jesus went with her, and he submitted himself to her and Joseph. Jesus could have said, y'all need to go ahead back to Nazareth. I have a ministry to do for my father. But that's not what he did. For the next 18 years, you hear nothing from Jesus. Doesn't record it at all. What did he do for 18 years? He submitted to his parents and did not do his work for his heavenly father. 
He didn't have a reason to. He was God. But he, Hebrews chapter 5 says, he learned obedience through the things that he suffered. So Jesus is our great example. Submission is not something that is that is ugly or dirty. Um, it is something that is beautiful when it is done the way God uh, designed it. All right, Ephesians chapter five. Let me give you all this, and then I'm a, I'm gonna be done. All right, um, y'all got two Sundays in a row where you know I just lightly address the passage and let y'all out 10, 15 minutes early. All right. Next Sunday, haha, <laughs> don't bank on it. All right. Now, Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. Now, I want us to see that this whole conversation about submission is comes immediately after Paul's statements on being filled with the Spirit. I'm going to say that one more time. Paul's statements about submission come immediately after his statements about being filled with the Spirit. Now, why is that important? It's important because we completely separate what we view as being filled with the Spirit from how we live our lives after we leave church. We think being filled with the Spirit is how how loud somebody's banging on the keyboard, bing, 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 right? How well somebody danced during service. Oh, how many people fell out on the floor this week? That's being filled with the Spirit. And what Paul is trying to help us to see is if you do not, I mean, all that is great. I'm not saying, you know, don't speak in tongues, fall out, shout, and dance. And all. You do all of that stuff. But if you do not get up off the floor, and there be a change in your life during the week, that was not the Holy Spirit. That wasn't the Holy Spirit. Now, he says, verse 15, Ephesians 5, 15, See then that you walk circumspectly or wisely, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. What is the Lord's will? Do not be drunk with wine. <laughs> which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. So God's will is that you don't get drunk with wine, but to say it differently, get drunk on the Holy Spirit. All right. Now, how do I know that I have been filled with the Spirit? Paul gives us a couple of participles, right? Participles explain to us what these things look like. What does it look like when I have been filled with the Spirit? Verse 19, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, right? Are you consistently encouraging people? Or are you consistently complaining and tearing people down? Right. Number two, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Are you consistently involved in praise and worship? Singing songs to God? Number three, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Right. Are you a person that is filled with gratitude? Or do you murmur and complain all the time? Number four, what does it look like when you are filled with the Spirit? Say it out loud. Submitting to one another in the fear of God. Now, we know that Ephesians, Ephesians is a book that is written to the church. Paul is teaching us how we're supposed to engage when we're together. Submission is a byproduct of being filled with the Spirit. If you have a problem submitting to authority, you uh, that's a clear indication that the Holy Spirit ain't flowing at that point. <laughs> because the Holy Spirit brings about submission. Right? Now, Paul then takes the conversation ver to be very specific. Notice um, verse 22, he talks about wives, submit to your own husbands. When he gets to verse 20, uh, 25, husbands love your wives. Chapter 6, verse 1, children obey your parents. Uh, verse 4, fathers do not provoke your children to wrath. Verse, uh, chapter 6, verse 5, bond service, be obedient to those who are your masters. And then he goes on to verse 9, 
Um, you masters, do the same to them, giving up threatening, knowing that your own master also in heaven uh, is um, and there is no partiality with him. Right. So he, he's giving these three groups, husbands and wives, parents and children, masters and slaves. Right. Um, and we will definitely touch on the issue of masters and slaves when we get to the end of of first uh, Peter chapter three. Right now, notice here that we tend to say that submission is mutual, right? Submit to one another in the fear of the Lord. Wives, submit to your husbands. Then he goes to talk about husbands. Oh, no, this is a mutual submission. We're supposed to submit to one another. What about in chapter 6, verse 1, children obey your parents in the Lord? Is that mutual submission as well? You willing to submit to your children? All right, so, so we recognize very quickly that the Bible is not talking about mutual submission. Now, listen to what it says. I, oh, I love this passage. I love how God is so much more wise than we are. I had a friend of mine when I was at Morgan, and um, right before I left, to go, um, left Morgan to go to seminary, <laughs> I was talking to the guy. I'm not going to say his name. But, but um, he was talking to me about, you know, something going on with him and his girlfriend. And so I referred him to, Ephi- um, to Ephesians chapter 5. And so he came back the next day and was like, yo, this is in the Bible? He's like, yo, I'm getting Ephesians 5.22 tattooed on my arm. I'm like, only verse 22? <laughs> right? I remember I was at my old church, and I had a husband after, like, a communion service. He came up to me, and, and um, he came to me with his wife. And was like, he's like, Mr. Thompson, he's like, can you tell my wife that she's supposed to submit to me? I was like, mm, I'm not even engaging in this conversation. This is about to go completely to the left. Okay. But what I told him was, is don't just stop at verse 22. Right? Notice that Paul tells wives what to do in verse 22, 23, and 24. Three verses. Notice He continues to talk to husbands from verse 25 all the way down to verse 31. And then verse 32 is a summary. I'm 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 going to give it to you again. The wife has three verses here. And husbands have six. Who has more responsibility here? (laughs) <laughs> Somebody said the wife. <laughs> All right, let's get it. Wives, submit, obey your own husbands as to the Lord. The same way that you would obey Jesus, this is how you're supposed to obey, obey your husbands. Why? For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church. So as Christ is the leader of the church, your husband is the, is the head of the family. And so, therefore, you should submit to him. And he is the Savior of the body, Christ. I'm referring to verse 24. Therefore, just as the church is subject, right, or is supposed to be in obedience to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. That's it. That's what Paul says. Okay. Now, notice what Paul goes on to say for husbands. And this is why I said we need to talk about what submission is, and talk about what submission is not. Because if we were, su- were doing what Paul says here in verses 25 down to verse 31, it would make it a lot easier for our wives to submit. Now, um, we have a very bad example of this at the very beginning of the Bible. Okay. God told Adam... Do not eat from the tree in the middle of the garden, tree of knowledge of good and evil. Now, Eve, you ever thought, why did Satan go to Eve and not Adam? No. Why do you say Eve was weaker? (laughs) God didn't tell her nothing. (laughs) 
Okay. He 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 told it to Adam. God had an order. God had an order. He made Adam first. He gave Adam the instructions for the family. It was Adam's responsibility to protect and take care of his family. And what did the devil do? He he flipped God's order on its head. He went to Eve and talked to Eve. And then Eve came back and convinced Adam. She probably was like, you know, it's going to be real cold in that garden if you don't, you know, you don't eat this food like I said. <laughs> Wives, y'all know how y'all do. Yeah. And what did Adam do? He did not protect her the way that he was supposed to. He was supposed to step up. And notice, Adam was standing right there. It says, Eve gave him the, um, gave the food to Adam who was with her. He stood right there and watched Satan convince Eve to disobey God, and he said nothing. Right? God charged him to protect her. And he stood there and did nothing. All right? So, listen to what we, what, so we have bad examples. Jesus is the good example. This is what Paul says. I'm going to say, give you this stuff and then I'll be done. Husbands, love your wives. Love your wives. I love my wife. Or, I think I love my wife. We all saw that movie, okay, (laughs) right? Husbands, love your wives. I love my wife. I go to work every day. I bring my paycheck home. I I love my wife. I don't I don't cheat. I I I do love my wife. Now he qualifies what this love is supposed to look like, right? Notice he says to the wives, submit to your husbands. As to the Lord, right, the same way you would submit to the Lord. He, he says the same thing for husbands. Love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. The way that you teach your wife to willingly and lovingly submit to your, to your leadership is you have to sacrifice for her. The same way Jesus sacrificed for the church. He didn't want to get on that cross. But he did it anyway. You may not want to do dishes. But you should do them anyway. I'll say it from my mind. You may not want to cut the grass. <laughs> but you need to do it anyway. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Right? He, husbands are supposed to love their wives the same way Jesus loved the church. You are supposed to love your wife to the point of death. And death looks very different for each one of us. Death might look like not watching ESPN when you want to so that you can help with the kids. Death might look like y- your wife having two kids and working all day with students, and she's tired when she comes home, and she doesn't want to have to cook and do the dishes, and you have to do dishes even though you hate doing dishes. Until you get kids that's old enough to wash them in. <laughs> and then we just say, praise the Lord, hallelujah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you, might want, you might have to take over some duties around the house. Maybe that's what it looks like for to love your wife the same way Christ loved the church. That is not in the text. That's not what the Bible says. Let's keep looking. It's there. What is the reason that you love your wife the same way that Christ loved the church? Verse 26, that the purpose, he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. Right? So the first thing is you want your wife to grow spiritually. 
right? And by the way, when it talks about you washing your wife with the water of the word, that that means that you should know more about the Bible than your wife, which means that you have to come to church and not watch football on Sundays while your wife is here with the kids. That's just a just a just a little side note. <laughs> you should be leading. <laughs> I know they like, well, the Ravens going to be playing very soon, so you may hurry up with this. <laughs> nah, I know. I know. I'm joking. But um, we need to lead spiritually. That's what, it, that's what it looks like first. Number two, verse 27, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. You know what Jesus never does? Jesus never talks down to Christians because of the sin in their lives. You know what he did? He died to cover those sins. He doesn't, he doesn't talk down to or badger Christians. You need to do better. You ain't nothing. You better do this. You ain't had my dinner on the table. He doesn't do that. What Jesus does is he sacrificed himself for the church so that when he sees something that he does not like in the church, he lovingly works to make that better. Right. The Bible says it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. So when you see something your wife is doing that you do not like, don't nag her or beat her up about it. You be extra nice or good to her because it is the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. It's the same thing with us as husbands. It is us being extra loving and patient and gentle with them that will bring them to loving us or changing that behavior. Right. Wives, that, is, that goes for you all too. All right. Now, here, what he says. Verse 28 so husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. The same way you take care of yourself physically, that's the way you should be taking care of your wife. You, you, you wouldn't want someone to hit on you physically. You shouldn't do that to your wife. You wouldn't want someone to bully you into doing something. You should not do that to your wife. You need to treat her the same way you treat yourself. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own wife. But what? Nourishes and cherishes it, as the Lord does the church. Now, you know what this wo these two words, nourish and cherish, mean? One means to feed you physically, and the other one means to feed you emotionally. That's, how you, that's what you are supposed to do for your wife. You're supposed to feed her physically, and you feed her emotionally. Right? We, we have no problem with the physical part. Right? We go work. We, we want to eat, too. <laughs> so we make sure that the food is there. Do we feed our wives emotionally? I know women speak three times as many words a day as men. And we do not have, uh, me included, <laughs> we've lacked the capacity of hearing that many words every single day. <laughs> I'd be like, you know, like, gi like, give me the Reader's Digest version, you know. But if we love our wives the same way that Christ loved the church, we would do a lot more to feed them emotionally. Now, how do we know what it is that we should be doing to feed our wives emotionally? I give this test to every single couple. It is, the, I mean, it's brilliant. I didn't come up with, with, with it. I might did, I don't know. But it's brilliant. If, it is, if it's brilliant, it came from me. If it's not, that was somebody else. <laughs> what does your wife complain about the most? We can flip it the same thing. What does your husband complain about the most? Well, 
What does your wife complain about the most? That is where you are not nourishing and cherishing her. And that is where she struggles the most to willingly submit to your leadership. He nourishes and cherishes her just as the Lord does the church. This is real submission. Now, I went out to have these conversations, and we uh, we could go on to, to chapter 6 and talk about parents and, and children, right? We went out to, you do what I say because I'm your parent. Okay, The Bible says, honor your father and mother, that's it. Okay, But it goes on to say, don't provoke your children to wrath. J- just because you're in a place of authority doesn't mean you have to talk down to them. Oftentimes, it's about the way you say it, not what you say, right? And so we, we have to learn these lessons running out of time I'm, I'm going to stop but what, I, what I'm trying to get us to see is submission is not a dirty word just because we me included I'm a human being you know if we give an interview to Janita give her the microphone don't give her the microphone <laughs> right she can tell you I, most pastors are hypocrites at some point <laughs> we we it's not possible to do this. I'm a fallen human being. I do not nourish and cherish Janita every single time. Sometimes I just be like, Lord, I'm just going to have to ask for forgiveness on this one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right? I'm, I'm a sinner as well. But what I can say is I have earned the, I have earned her submission. And it was hard to earn it. And sometimes I have to remind her, you know, I earned this, right? So no. <laughs> but but what, I'm, what, I'm, what, I'm, what I want us to, what I'm trying to get us to see, right, as we, as we look, move forward is submission is something that must be earned. It must be earned. People willingly following what you say must be earned. We know that. We know it, right? Right. Because in church, it, we do it, right? I, I watch it all the time. Sometimes, pe- um, you know, not now, talking about previously. You know, I d- we had people who, 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 who have come and, um, you know, th- they knew. I have a title. You all going to, you know, do X, Y, Z. And then you come to me like, Pastor, they're not listening to me. I know why. You haven't built a relationship with them. You, I have earned the right to say some things to people in this room. Okay. And y'all still be upset. Right? But, you know, you be upset and tell other people. So I know. <laughs> right? I, 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 I've earned that. Right? You know, from for a, you know, a variety of reasons. Right? It, it, it really takes time. Now, um, again, I, w- I wanted to say, say I, I don't say any of this stuff, you know, to, you know, f- for myself, right? I'm sharing this because um, I have blown it, and yet, um, you know, I, I feel that a- a- Janita often gives me the benefit of the doubt. Now, we often have some intense fellowship, you know, Sometimes I'm like, yeah, I think we should do this. She's like, no, I don't want to do that. And it was like, we have to do it. And I'm like, no. So we, we, it's a back and forth. It is not like, hey, you know, Janine, we need to do X, Y, Z. Okay. That doesn't happen in my house. All of you know, Janita, you know that does not happen in my house. Okay. It takes a little while to, you know, come to these, conclu- come to these conclusions. But listen, when we got married, one of the things we talked about, you know, because um, Janita was, you know, late 20s when we got married, and she's like, hey, you know, I, I'm going to want to have, have kids. I want to stay home with the kids and, you know, until they get go to school. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> right, no, I'm just joking. But, I, you know, I was like, hey, great, that's fine. You know, so then she was like, all right, well, I'm ready. I'm like, well, just one more year. And you're like, no, I already told my principal. <laughs> I ain't coming back next year. And I'm like, 
Oh, okay. So what I had to do? I work work my full time job and a part time job, so that she could stay home with the kids, because that is what made her happy, right? You know, was I tired? Absolutely, but I did it. And then she had the nerve. She had to get pregnant again. <laughs> she did it by herself, right? <laughs> she had the nerve. I'm working 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. She had the nerve to say, all right, well, I need you to help me in the middle of the night when I'm nursing. You go get the, get, get the, get, get the baby and bring it to me. I'll nurse her. And then you put it back. I'm like, what? <laughs> and I woke up one night. And I got up, and I, I know I was walking out my bedroom door and walked straight into the wall. I'm like, I'm awake, I'm awake. <laughs> right? And I would oftentimes complain. You know, I'm like, man, when I, when I come home, I'm like, like, this place should be clean. There's, like, toys all over the place. And, And she said, well, you don't know how it is to have two kids. It's, it's hard work. I'm like, you sitting at home all day. And then she was like, all right, well, I'm going to go back to I'm go back to work. You can have the kids. I'm like, here's a piece of cake. And I was like, oh, Lord. <laughs> I said, I said, I don't see how mothers do this. Oh, I'm just like, I, I'm like, can they start going to school a year early? <laughs> like, what? And we learned, I learned to appreciate what she did. I had to apologize. I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, she would come home and be like, why is, why is dishes not finished? Why is, why is toys on the floor? I'm like, girl, <laughs> I can't do nothing. These kids are all over the place. <laughs> I don't even start studying the Bible until you get home from work. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it it's a, a series of me sacrificing to do the things that she like. I don't get some of the stuff I got get nothing out of. Like I get nothing out of washing dishes. Nothing at all. But guess what? It's like I learned to sing praise and worship songs while I while I wash dishes. I was like Lord, this is the only thing that will get my mind off of this. <laughs> okay. Right? You know, cutting the grass, my father, he know. It's his fault. He came home from Vietnam and then made me start raking leaves. And I'm like, I don't have to rake my yard. I have to rake two neighbors on that side and two neighbors on this side. And I told you, listen, when we get married, we, we will never own a house with a, that has leaves that fall off a tree. You know, we have a we can have fir trees, we can have that. If you had leaves that fall off a tree, we not moving to that house. Okay. And now I live at a house that has trees. And I'm like <laughs> And we pull up and she's like, You're not gonna get them <laughs> you're not gonna get them leaves? I'm like, I'm gonna get them. Right, I'm like, I'm just going to just shake the tree, you know. But it's important to her because she cared what the neighbors think. And I'm just like, I don't care what they say. <laughs> Let them come get clean up these leaves, <laughs> you know. So I had a joke with my father the other day. It's like, when I, I when I go out and rake the leaves, I feel bad. So what am I doing now? I'm wrecking my next door neighbor leaves I'm on both sides. I'm doing everybody's leaves now, you know. I'm like, that's his fault. My na- my neighbor come out and was like, you know you don't have to do that, right? I'm like, it's my father's fault. I got it. It's like, you know, my leaves blowing over there. I got to get them. Right. But I'm doing these things because it makes her happy. Now, I don't do it consistently, you know. I try to do it every week now, but it might be every other week. I'm so glad that last week was a big win that knocked all them tr- leaves off. <laughs> I was raking up happy that time. I was like, this is it. This is it. <laughs> so when there are times where I feel very strongly, right, I, don't, I never go in and be like, no, we doing this, right? 
I go in and I'm like, hey, this is what I think. What do you think? And she tells me all the reasons why I'm wrong. <laughs> okay. And I have to take into account her feelings because the decision that I make, right, is going to affect her. So I never go in and be like, well, my husband be doing this because I said so. Right. Even in times where I'm like, no, I, I, we really have to do this. And, if, and she doesn't agree. I mean, she doesn't quietly go along with it, but she goes along with it <laughs> because I've earned. She knows that I'm not doing something that's in my best interest and not hers. Right. Um, so. So, uh, again, I wanted us to have this conversation on submission. Submission is not a bad thing. There are tons of poor examples, but number one, men, we have to step up and make good examples because if we do not step up and make good examples, right, we're going to teach the next generation that it's a bad thing and we continue to cycle, right? Number two, if we don't, um, you know, step up and provide good examples, we're never going to, again, we're going to constantly be having this conflict with our, with our spouse, right? Back and forth, husband and wife, there's always going to be conflict. We're going to teach our children that this conflict is normal. They're not going to want to get married. Look at the stats in our country. People are just bypassing. Marriage is not, it's not a good, a good thing, right? People are, are opting to live together instead of marriage because they feel, I want to be able to walk away if necessary, right? Because we don't show good examples. And number three, notice here at the end of, of chapter five, notice what Paul says, right? I said I was done. But read, look at this verse. Listen to what he says here. Verse 32, he gives us this, this whole thing about husbands and wives. And listen to what he says, verse 32. This is a great mystery but I speak concerning Christ and the church. He gives you this whole dialogue about hu how husbands and wives are supposed to treat each other, and then he ends it and says, I'm, I'm giving you this analogy so that you all can have good relationships, but this is not about you. This is about Christ and the church. What your marriage says to the world is going to affect what people think about Jesus. And we're making Jesus look bad. The divorce rate in the church is equal to and sometimes higher than the divorce rate in the world. That's just telling the world that Jesus makes no difference in our lives. So, this is also a gospel issue. It's a gospel issue. There are going to be some people who see our households and say, I'm not interested in Jesus. We have to fix that. And it, it, it starts, again, as every single man who has come to me knows, it starts with us as men. It starts with uh, us as men. Your family, your household is going to rise and fall on your leadership. It is going to rise and fall on your leadership. We have to step up. Let's pray. Father, thank you for allowing us to be able to uh, come again and look at, at, at your, uh, this, these texts of scripture. I pray, Lord, that you will help us to, to look for good examples. We've all um, have seen uh, poor examples of of submission. And we oftentimes have to, to dig for those good examples. I pray, Lord, that you would help us to put off our selfishness, both husbands and wives, so that we could really show the world and our children, our family, the church, what marriage can be and should be when we do it the right way. We thank you, Jesus, for loving us so much that you laid down your life for us. You did not want to go to the cross, and yet you did. 
pray that you would teach all of us as husbands, as men, and as fathers uh, to make those same kind of sacrifices for our families, for our wives, and for our children. I pray, Lord, that you would help our women because they've seen poor examples of, of submission by force. And that is not what you designed. I ask, Lord, that you would give them the grace uh, to overlook the bad examples that they have uh, have seen and to, to still long for submission that is persuasive and protecting and loving. I pray, Lord, that as you help all of us, all of us, including myself, we fall short in, in, in these areas, but as we work to uh, to recover what biblical submission looks like, I pray that that to our children and to the world, we would demonstrate the glories of Christ so that they could see a loving Savior who would lay down everything for them. We thank you for this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. I got to apologize. I intentionally didn't write down my sermon, so 